Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. And today is just going to be a day of letting rivers flow. Rivers are always flowing. And today I was determined to be here. And it was one of these days where I just felt so empty. And my mindset, even after I spent time in the Lord and time in prayer, which was very good. As I began to go on through the day to prepare to be here, I said, even moments before being here, I said, Lord, I feel so empty, but there's no emptiness with you. I feel so tired, but Jesus, you're never tired. And Lord, this world is so noisy. You're not noisy. And so today I'm going to pray. And I'm just going to let the spirit of fellowship arise from my heart to you. And I do pray that it will touch somebody's heart today. Dearest Lord Jesus. I am your humble vessel. And I come to you and I bow, Lord, and I pray. Lord, I give you my all in exchange for you, the all in all, who fills all things and is in all, always. Lord, I ask you to lead me no different than when the Father led you. You said, I'd speak those things only that I have seen him do. So, Lord, open our eyes. Open our ears. Speak to me, Lord. I pray I come behind and no gifts. And that even if you would give me a word of knowledge or word of wisdom, I open myself up to you. But I humble myself under your mighty hand. That in this season. You will be lifted up. In Jesus name. Amen. About a week ago, not a week ago, I guess, last week or the time before I lose track. I made mention about the woman who touched the hem of Jesus's garment. We're so familiar with that story. It almost makes me feel kind of sad sometimes where we get so used to a story in the Bible that we stop going back to it. Oh, I've heard that. No, I know that. Oh, no, I've read that so many times. I pray the Lord pardon us because those are words that will ever be speaking to us. This whole Bible will ever be speaking to you and me, even through all eternity. And maybe perhaps the word becomes closed up to us because we don't realize that our hearts become callous. Because we think we've read it so many times, 
and gotten so many things out of it already that how can it speak anymore to us? But I pray to God that he continually open it up and take it deeper and show us things that we've never seen before. I think even in these days, I, you know, like I call it the common days that we just get up and we do our thing each and every day. I pray that, and I, I seem to think that even in the common day that Jesus comes and touches us. She, let me just say the story. I know you already know it, but just in case if there's somebody out there who's not familiar with it, there was a woman who had a terrible disease. She had an issue of blood. You could read that. Uh, and I have it right here. It says, behold a woman. Let me see, because I have this in different books. Matthew 18 through 26. But it says here, Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Luke's gospel puts it i think marks puts it too where jesus turns around and says who touched me and they said why are you saying who touched you you're surrounded by all these people you're being thronged by a multitude of people and you ask who touched you he said i felt virtue go out of me and that woman the next verse says for the woman felt in her body that she was healed and that fountain of blood was dried up. And you know, Jesus is called the fountain of Israel. And we're always being called to that fountain of living waters. You know, when John in the book of John and Samaria, I'm going to get back to the woman touching him. Jesus came into her life and touched her life. She had a sad life. You can read about that in John 4. But at some point, he offers, he tells her, if you would have asked me for water, which the scene doesn't make sense. She's there in the middle of the day to get water for her, for the flocks. Or for whatever reason, she's there to get water. And he asked her for water and they have this conversation. But at some point he says, if you would know who it is that asks you to give him water, then that water would have been given to you. A well of water would have opened up within you. Of living water. He said that he told her, the water that I will give, would give unto you, you'll never thirst. And she said, even more ever so, give me this water. You know, Jesus 
invited her to come and drink. And Jesus's final words in the book of Revelation in chapter 22, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come and let, let all those who thirst come and let him drink freely from the fountain of living waters. I think sometimes our fountain in a kind of different way dries up when we when we part ways from the fountain Jesus Christ and from his living waters because like I was saying I was feeling so empty today and and even though I read his word and I prayed I was like Lord why do I still feel so empty how is it that I have nothing to say and I'm not that kind of uh minister or sharer or teacher I don't give myself titles I'm titleless but as your friend as your sister that's always here I like to think of myself as a Sarah or a Rachel both who kept their father's sheep and I said Lord is there nothing for me to give to them and I thought about the friend at midnight who that man had a friend that came to him at midnight and he said he did nothing to give him but he went to one who had more than enough as many as much as he needed you see that woman at the well Jesus interrupted her life he touched her life and the woman who touched his garment by Jewish law, she couldn't even touch him. Really, she shouldn't have even touched his garment. But you know what? When you're really desperate and you really want Jesus, you go and you go with all everything in you. Because when you are desperate, that is when you touch the Lord. And even as I'm talking to you today, I feel his waters coming in. Have you ever been desperate before? I love something that Derek Prince said. He said, for years, I was going to all these different churches. I was preaching at conferences, teaching. He said, and I was doing deliverances, mass deliverances. As I was doing one-on-one -on -one deliverances. I was doing so many. And he said, I, after a long time, he said, I became tired. And I started to, he took a couple of step back, steps back from always being, you know, on the spot, delivering, doing deliverances for people. And he said, there was one day he was teaching at a conference or speaking and a young man came to him and, and he asked Derek Prince if he would help him do a deliverance on him. And Derek Prince said, no. And the man looked puzzled. And Derek said, he said, why? The young man said, why? Why? Why not? He said, come back when you're desperate. See, he said, you're not desperate enough. You just want relief. See, people that just want relief They'll get their relief, but that relief is short term. See, Jesus Christ 
I know there's all these different things. Well, you can't say God will do this and you can't say that. And God sometimes does this. It's not up to me or you or anybody what God does. Ours is to ask him and let the decision and his judgment be his. There's all these voices, noise in the world. This is a noisy world. And even Paul the Apostle said there are, as it is, so many voices in the world. But there's only one that gives a distinct sound. There's so many voices of the enemy trying to say, well, yeah, God said that, but you know, God, you know, this and that, because Satan's ultimate thing is to get us to doubt the living God. And so we start taking it upon ourselves, and we talk, we unseat ourselves from prayer and from believing. And then we go away and we receive nothing. Look, I'll tell you. That woman that touched his garment. She was touching literally the heart of the living father. That's why Jesus said, what, what just happened? Look at, look at that demonstration of the father's love for her. A woman totally outcast. She was bleeding for 12 years. Everybody knew she was an untouchable. I mean, look at the people who, and I, I like to say God interrupts lives. He likes to come into the life. And you know what? I know better than to say, well, I've got nothing. I, I suppose I won't show up. I think I am going to show up. Do you know there's been so many times I have showed up here having nothing. But somehow the water starts to flow. You know, grace for grace meaning grace instead of grace, love for love, mercy for mercy, joy for joy. It's like what this theologian said. He said he was standing by this water speaking to somebody and it was a channel of water and the water was going by. And he said, this is grace for grace. The water you see right now, you'll never see again. And the water you see here, you'll never see again, he said, because other water comes and takes its place. Other water comes and it's endless. And he said, that's the grace of God. It's inexhaustive. You see, what I believe with all of my heart experientially is that God just wants us to believe him and to love him back. And to say, no, I'm not listening. See, because. We work so hard sometimes at prayer when we don't need to in certain ways. Sometimes he just says, believe, do you believe I'm able to do this? You don't hear the blind man saying, uh, no, I totally believe that you're able to do this. But I know that there was another guy, um, you, you healed his eyes, but he didn't see at first. And I don't know, is that going to happen to me? He said, yes, Lord, I believe. There's something so wild about the Lord. And that's why I love his expression in nature. That's why it's important for us to get away from the noise of this world and from even re religious noisy noises and groups and people. And go be quiet with the Lord. You know, Jesus had to work at getting alone with the Lord. He had to 
alone with his father. It wasn't easy. In Mark 135, it's he had to he had to go to his father. It says, for in the morning, a great while before day, he arose and went out into a solitary place and there prayed. And it wasn't always guaranteed for him because there was one time while he was praying early in the morning, his disciples came to him and said, we've been looking for you. He didn't even get to finish what he was praying, I don't think. There was always a pressure on him for prayer, pressure to be here, pressure people need you. Uh, someone's looking for you. We have to go. He had all kinds of pressure. Jesus understands your pressure. Jesus understands that there are times you can't get away with him and be in quiet. But I'll tell you something right now. The Father in heaven, he is your living Father. I was reading that today, that beautiful word in John chapter 6. He spoke about the living bread. I am the living bread. And he spoke about his living Father, who was our Father in heaven. You can tell when God, when you, and I want to say it in two ways. When you get along with the Lord and you're in his word, sometimes you may not receive anything for days, but a moment will come where he has touched you. And that thing that he knows you're struggling with or fearful of or need courage for. See, she felt in her body something passed from Christ into her within. Haven't you ever had that touch where you left that moment? Maybe it wasn't even like a classic setup, like, oh, I have my little corner. Um, I shut the door. I have a little lamp with the table where I can keep this and that. Sometimes God will come and touch you while you're driving, while you're waiting for your appointment at a doctor's office, while you're pushing a cart through a store. He'll touch you. And all of a sudden you have courage that day that you realize you didn't have before. And you know it's his courage. So for you to face something that you got to go through that day or you feel an extra power of grace. Because there's somebody difficult you have to deal with. And I think of that river that that man, that theologian saw and he saw that. See, uh, that's nature's expression of God. And I think of that often and I say, there's no emptiness with you, Lord. There's emptiness with me. And sometimes he doesn't want my help. He doesn't want me to always be in charge and to say, okay, I'm ready. I have my notes. Sometimes we need to just die and just show up. You know, sometimes our earthly sight is our blindness. Look at Peter when he stepped out of that boat. It was he saw the wind, the waves, and the wind boisterous that he feared and began to sink. But he was desperate. He cried out, Lord, save me. And it says, immediately the Lord stretched forth his hand and he lifted him up. That's the kind of walk that I want to have in Jesus Christ. 
And there's such a satisfaction in the living God and knowing that even though we can't understand it, that he's with us, he's living with us. And even the things that we don't understand that are in front of us, and they make no sense. We can go to him and say, I don't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. But you never leave anybody in the Bible. I've never seen you forsake anybody that seeks you. I was tired today. And this morning I was talking to somebody who was saying that they were very tired and the day just their days just seem to go on and on and on. There's no excitement in it. They just are always the same and there's nothing to look forward to. And this person is a beautiful, Holy Spirit-filled person, not an Eeyore, not a complainer, not murmuring, but that the days are long for this person. And I know this person and it is true. The days are long. This person sleeps very little but spends all their time with the Lord and looking in that direction. Jesus touches life, lives. And so many people, I just was thinking right now, I just kind of looked away for a second because I was thinking about so many people right now, you know, they're exhausted there's the war that's going on over there that's just heating up and we're looking at world powers coming we're looking at this and that that is causing all kinds of stress and rampant homelessness and the list is endless of terrible things but i say to myself i won't let go of you lord and i think of what it says in hebrews 11:27, where moses said it says of him by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. And, you know, I would think that a guy like Moses, there were so many times where he was desperate. They were going to stone him one time. Uh, the Amalekites were there to fight. I mean, there was so many things, and there is always a fight. But there's something within that moves, I believe, in all of us that are in the storms and in the calm waters, but there's always movement. God is always moving. Never forget that. Just like my friend who said, it's okay because I really give him thanks because he always takes good care of me. And you know, really, we live so near to heaven. Do you ever think about that? How near heaven is? I want to share something with you briefly. My mother is very, very old and she is in a nursing home and she is pretty much blind and she's very hard of hearing. But there's always a glow about her. And she lays in her bed. I'm walking up and she doesn't see me. But there's something so lovely about her. And I could see God refining her in her final days on earth. She is a different person. There's something so pure and sweet about her. Holy. Well, here's what I want to share. 
two mornings ago, I was reading my Bible and I had a vision, an unexpected living vision. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe my eyes. I had been meditating on a word that I read and my eyes were just looking out like this because I was thinking about what I was reading. And within my eyes, I could see a vision. And I saw myself standing in the door, standing outside of the door of my mother's room where she lives. And she shares a room, there's three beds. And my mother's room is at the far end where the window is. And in the vision, I thought, I said to myself, what am I seeing? And I saw just half of her bed and I saw that her, her feet and legs were in it, the cover covering them. And I saw all, and it was daytime. I know I saw that it was daytime because I can look out of those windows from where I was standing and I can clearly see it was daytime. But over her, it was like this big mist, this white mist. And within it, it was like a big bubble over her and it was white light. It was a light that was different light than the light of this world. And you know what I saw? I saw heaven. I saw heaven. I really saw heaven. I saw right at the foot of her bed, but yet taking up half of her bed or like where her feet are. I saw a great mountain. I saw forests. I saw a river that came flowing from the mountain and it came by like this, like and it went by, like it curved, like up to her and then went back into that vision. And I'm watching this living vision and my mother laying peacefully sleeping in her bed because at one point the vision shifted and I can see my mom and she was laying on her back peacefully sleeping. And this vision lasted for a few seconds. I even drew a picture of it because I wanted to see it forever in my own way. And, you know, I believe Jesus showed that to me to show us how close heaven is to us, how close he is to us. And there is another country for us. And we're going there. And if we see only things of time, and forget the things of eternity, we perish and our faith withers. And we become weak, we become hopeless, despairing, despondent. We start to shrink away into a shadow. And we need vision for life, vision for prayer. We need continual, undimmed vision. We need to see in the spirit, by the spirit, the things that be of God for us, the children of God, children of light. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, it says, while we look not at the things that are seen, but rather at the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things which are unseen are eternal. And 
we are citizens from another country. We're strangers and aliens, pilgrims on a journey. Let God take care of those things that you're afraid of. Those things that you're desperate for. Your desperation touches him. It touches the heart of the living and loving father. Don't try to figure out and say, well, I, Lord, I need you to help me, but I understand if you can only do this much. Mm -mm. He says, ask him. And if you have to wait for it, be patient. It says love is patient. And in the meantime, have a heart full of trust. He is trustworthy. He's your best friend. And I've never known Jesus to ever forsake me or fail me or fail anybody. And there's so much we don't know about him. Let him continually reveal himself to you in his time, timeless, eternal way. He is the master of time and eternity of your life. Jesus will touch you every day of your life. You will feel that touch everywhere you go when you least expect it. I pray that the Lord blesses you today and that these words would sink down deep into your ears and that you would know the hands that hold you are nail scarred and he ever lives for you world without end amen